1 through 16. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offering, and by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they, had not been th if they had been thinking of country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Did you catch that? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. So naturally, we must think faith must be a foundation of some type. What a history lesson on faith. Now, as we think about faith, a couple of basic things I want to share with you. You remember, I remember back about 40 years ago, you could get the cereal box and it would have, you know, the Hot Wheels max, matchbox cars, have some good prizes in the cereal boxes, and that doesn't happen too much anymore. We can still get the Cracker Jack box and it might be some type of sticker or piece of paper that you fold up and make something. So, but yeah, we get those boxes, we dump them out, we got to get to the prize. You know, we didn't want to wait till we got, would eat the box of cereal down or uh, we wouldn't uh, just take our time eating the Cracker Jacks box, right? We, we got to get to the prize. And then it, that is a degree of a simple faith. And then we have the traveling faith. 
You get on the airplane, you sit down in your seat, you put on your seatbelt, and oh yeah, you're nervous, but yet you have this traveling faith. Put with your seatbelt buckled and holding on to the seat. You're praying, yes, praying that that plane will go up smoothly, that it will fly smoothly, and it will come down and land smoothly. You have faith in your car, that you're going to go out and get in your car today, you're going to start up, and you're going to be able to drive where you want to go. But yet, if you run into something, you run into somebody, you have faith in your insurance company, right? That they're going to take care of these fender benders and things that we get ourselves into. This faith, whether it's simply believing in the Cracker Jack box or trusting in the airplane or our car, but when we begin to look at God, that God... Above all, as they sang, God in all circumstances, the one and only God, our creator, the master of the universe, that God will care for you. God has cared for you. God will care for you. God will continue to care for each and every one of us. And that faith in the one God offers us so much more. A faith that begins and a faith that only starts when we realize that we are saved. Saved by grace through faith. That there is a saving faith as our scripture talks about by faith so and so this. By faith so and so that. Over and over. Do you realize? Have you thought and have you considered the fact that the lack of faith is never, ever God's fault. The lack of faith is never God's fault. God is never at fault about anything, and he never will be. The lack of faith is on us. The lack of faith is in us. The lack of faith is because of us. Me, you, and each and every individual. Not anyone else. Not any one church. Not any one pastor. Not your mom. Not your dad. Not your spouse. You. You. It is your faith. It's either you have faith or you don't have this lack of faith. This Hebrews chapter 11 and many many circles and in the church and even in scripture it is about the heroes the heroes of faith and as we think about that we like heroes don't we we all like the heroes we like the good guys we like the heroes we like our superheroes I hope that you want to be like them I hope that you'd want to be a hero of faith someday I know I would hope to be a hero of faith I know I sure do. But as this is written to these Jewish Christians, the Jewish Christians of that day were being addressed here in the book of Hebrews. They were demoralized and they were discouraged. Christianity had proven too difficult, too hard. It was radical. And it set aside centuries of traditions. It was a new way, a living life. It was a new kind of spiritual freedom. 
a spiritual freedom in a new way, and it incurred the wrath, yes, the wrath of the Jewish religious establishment. You see, the converts, these early Christians, they were ready to turn back. They were, they read, they were ready to leave the uneasy and uncharted waters of living by faith and being faithful to the Word and to Jesus. The old way, the old way of works and a, a moral effort and I'll just take care of myself that we're so comfortable and familiar and I just do it. I can do it. I can do it. Seems so much more attainable than trying to live with faith. But what a choice. A choice that still is for us today a choice that will never go away, a choice that remains for each and every one of us. Either depend on the law, depend on good works, or be a good person. Or better yet, let's follow Jesus. Let's believe in Jesus. Let's put our faith in Jesus. But yet we're trying, do we appease God or do we trust God? Do we follow the complicated religious system of laws and rules? Or do we just turn to Jesus as a child and want that simple, loving relationship with Jesus? Do we want to live with God and for God through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? And as we think about this list of these heroes of faith, it's an amazing list. If you used to go back and read all the history about each and every one through the Old Testament and through the whole Bible, they face a lot of hardship. And you know, if we look at ourselves today, thank God, thank the Lord that He's not done working on us. Thank the Lord that we still have some life to live so that we can become, become more like these heroes of faith because in and of ourselves right here and now we are immature. We are immature in our faith. We are immature as a church. In 2023, around our country, the church is immature. We've gotten away from the spiritual intimacy with Christ, our Lord and Savior. We got away from the spiritual intimate hunger of God's Word. We have gotten to the point where we are just spiritually immature Christians. But yet, chapter 11 starts by saying, faith means we cannot see the outcome. We are not sure what lies ahead, but we are convinced by the reality of God. But we remain as one with the Lord. That we are convinced of this reality of the Almighty God. Yes, we don't know and we are not sure what the future holds for, for any one of us, but we know who holds the future. Amen? We know he holds the future. Praise be to God. Faith may, means that we cling to the hope that God has given us through Christ. Yes, through Christ. Why? Christ has won. Quite, Christ is the winner. He lives. He is the king of kings. He has triumphed over Satan, his enemy, who is also our enemy, the one that would want to hold us back, the one that does not want us to get into heaven. 
Christ, Jesus is the one. He's going to come back. And that's a promise. He's going to come back to earth again. He's going to gather up all the good and faithful servants. He's going to come. He's going to bring judgment. He's going to know if you were faithful or if you were not. He will come again and he'll reward those who have been faithful, those who have sought after him, those who have worked hard, doing all they can in and of themselves, recognizing that, yes, we are sinful, and yes, we may be immature, but Jesus, we still want you. Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus wants to add your name to that list of heroes of faith. He wants your name on that list. But yet there are those who do not have faith. Those who do not trust. Those are those that cannot see past the things of this world. They are limited by their circumstances. And let me tell you, they're temporary circumstances. Because this life on earth is temporary. It is so short. Temporary circumstances and we are blinded to what God is doing. We are blinded and we don't realize that he is so near. But with faith, we receive spiritual eyes. With spiritual eyes, we can see what is before us. And I hope that you would want spiritual eyes. That that would be part of your desire, that you'd want those spiritual eyes to see as God sees. Sees as Jesus would see. You know, when it comes to faith... We live in a world that would scoff at faith, a world that would laugh and would point at us and try to point us out and knock us down and hold us down. A world that would say faith at its best would be a waste and it is worthless. In this world in which we live because of Satan and his legions of demons, they would have us believe at worst, faith would seem almost suicidal. Because you're going to allow faith in God's word and faith in God and faith in Jesus to limit maybe some worldly success, limit what your business may attain, limit what you may, may accomplish in your work. But the Lord would have us look for the eternal work with our faith in him doing what's going to be eternal What's going to last forever and ever? Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, and our faith in Him. And for this reason, faith is never easy. It never will be easy. And as we read these verses today, it touched on so many aspects of not just from the Old Testament heroes of faith, but to our daily lives as well, to each and every one of us. The passage talked about Abel's sacrifice and was acceptable to God. Abel's example still speaks to us today because of his righteous deeds. And they've been recorded in Scripture for us to read about. Verse 6 speaks about the coming and drawing near to God. Come to God, draw near to God. And God will be there and God will reward those who approach him and those who do good works in not of themselves, but in the Holy Spirit's power, God will recognize and God will embrace. Noah had never seen rain and never seen a flood, but yet he believed God in spite of this, and he heeded God's warning. 
Abraham did not know where he was going, but yet he placed his trust in God. And he said, I will go and let's go. And he went and faithfully Abraham stepped out and he went into the unknown and became a great nation. But now you're wondering, how is all this going to relate to any one of us and to our own faithfulness? And I'm here to tell you that it all does. All of it does. From the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Apostles' Creed, to the Lord's Prayer, to a life in Jesus, and to each and every one of us hopefully someday becoming a hero of faith, you see that we as men and women, and especially here in America, we are immature and we have issues. We are human. We make mistakes. And there's times when there's things we do not believe in. There's things that we don't want to believe in. But when we have those things and those moments that we do not believe in, we do not put our confidence in, we don't have faith in, whatever it is or whomever it is, we, we what? We don't support. We don't support Saying, oh, I can't support that. I don't agree with that. I can't give to that. I won't. I won't see, and I won't let you do that because I don't believe in that. We don't support it, right? We do not offer our support. We do not pray. We do not give. We turn a blind eye to it, and we enjoy doing those things at times. And you know it as well as I do. You've seen it. I, I have seen it. You've experienced it. You've heard it. And I have as well. Because we consider ourselves self-sufficient. We consider ourselves independent of the Spirit of God and that we got this and it's in our control. When you do not know what you believe and even, you don't even know what your church believes, you're not going to support it financially. You're not going to attend in attendance. You're not going to show up for the activities. You won't even know where to put your faith in or whom you should put your faith in. And so how could you have any faith at all? You know, as a church, let's, let's think about this and have an example. You've heard of World Vision, you know, the World Vision ministry that's taken place. I don't know when it was founded, but the founder, Bob Pierce, he explains the difference between good sense at work versus faith at work. So let me quote, good sense at work. A church needed to refurbish and update the building, and the estimate was at $100,000. Well, the need was taken to the congregation, and $75,000 was collected. The 25000 was needed, and a committee decided, oh, they must have been Methodists, another committee. A committee decided that we must go and visit the church members individually, and we'll talk with them and ask them to give. And little by little they gave, and the need was met. Bob Pierce calls this good sense at work by a human plan of action, end quote. New quote, faith at work is when a growing church needed to build on. The members pledged $200,000 for the expansion. Shortly after this plan and commitment, one of the church's missionary couples returned home on furlough. 
the missionary couples presented the mission work during that next worship service, and they told about the changes that were taking place. They told about the needs of the people. The couple never asked for more money or for added assistance. The church board got excited. Can you imagine that, a church board getting excited? The church board got excited about the mission work and gave an estimate, gave the entire 200000 over to the missions, to the missionaries. That was faith at work when the church became... That was faith at work, and then that church became the fastest-growing congregation in the United States of America and went through several building programs just trying to keep up to the growing blessing of God. As a church, we need both. We need both. We need the good sense, the faith of good sense at work, but we also need faith at work. We need both for this life of ministry. Good sense goes a long ways. Good sense goes a long ways. Planning, preparation, retirement, college for the kids, whatever. You know, we got a plan. Being faithful with what you have been given for what you have received from God is equally a great responsibility. Stewardship begins by being thankful and giving back to God. And the being thankful is the easy part, or it should be easy. We may fall short at times. But are we giving thanks and are we giving back to God as we should? Are we being faithful with all that we have? Are we really living in faith as we need to? And we have to question ourselves, and I bring these things before you. Have you turned in your 2023 giving pledge cards? I guess if you have come in through the mail, have you prayerfully considered about what God would have you do this year? What have you done for the Lord this past week? Have you ministered, prayed with, talked to, hugged, cried with, cared for anyone that was in need of support? What are your plans? Are you signing up to volunteer here and there and allow the Lord to use your hands and feet, being his hands and feet, to do some ministry unto those that need something, need assistance. Your faith will be challenged when you start giving back to God. And when you start going beyond the daily, uh, I showed up for church, checked that off the box, I did this, I dropped here, these things. If you want to you really get into this faith-growing business, allowing Jesus to take your faith to the next level, there will be challenges the enemy's going to come at you. He's going to do some things to hold you back. I'm here to encourage you today. Let's go to that next level. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm not here to tell you to give a certain amount. I'm here to tell you to put the faith in the one who holds and provides all things. The one that is above. The one that is with. The one that is all around us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For all of us, it takes time, it takes life experiences, it takes the constant study of His Word, it takes being in a family of believers. And through all those things, our faith will grow. Some, will grow, some faith will grow faster than others, and some people are going to get on fire for the Lord. Others are going to, they're going to still be here, and they're going to still keep 
scratching and clawing, and I have to keep scratching and clawing for Jesus. One more story here. read about Pastor Dale Robbins. He was serving in Syracuse, New York. It was the cold winter months of New York, and he was just beginning his ministry, and it was struggling to make ends meet. He got home on this particular day, and he saw his wife, Jerry, and the worry I could see in each of their faces. He had only $3 in his wallet and one can of soup. And then after the meager, meager supper, he leafed through his Bible with tears in his eyes. As they rolled down his face, he felt like giving up. What's the point? What's the purpose? He thought, God, I have only you to turn to and nothing else and no one else. And then he read from James 5.16 where it says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And this encouraged him. So Dale went to the one end of the trailer and Jerry went to the other end. They knelt on their knees and they prayed to seek God. They prayed into the night and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed until a sleep overtook them. And they were still at each end of their, their little trailer. But they were awakened in the morning by the pounding on the front door. And Dale just at, hollered and asked, Who is it? And they hollered back, I got something for you, the stranger said. And there was a short man, man gr- standing on the porch, grinning ear to ear. And he handed two brown grocery bags to Dale. And he quickly left. Nothing else was said. Stunned and unbelieved, he stepped back in the house, went to the table. There, Dale and Jerry, his wife, stood, and he saw bread and meat and canned goods. And it was all things that they would have bought themselves if they would have had money and if they would have went to the store. And even at the bottom of the bag, there was cash for some gas money. No one on the planet knew Dale and Jerry's need except Lord God Almighty, the God above. Faith is the foundation. Faith is going to be the foundation in whatever you believe. And what you believe and how you support God, how you support the church, how you support ministry, how you support your pastor, whoever your pastor is. Your faith is going to shine through one way or another, or it might not shine much, depending on where you're at. So I leave all these things before you, because faith is a necessity for getting into the eternal life through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. As we said, we're going to continue on this subject of faith for the next couple weeks. I invite you, read the rest of chapter 11. Look at chapter 12. That's what we'll get into next week. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then we'll have our closing hymn. If you need to pray at the altar at any time, feel free to do so. Also, as I prepared this week, uh, just have felt that if there's some reason you, you, you need to be baptized, I got a little water here. If you want baptized, you can come up and let me know. I got anointing oil right here in my pocket. And if you feel that there's something that's going on in you, if you feel the Lord today, you're giving thanks and you want anointed with oil, I invite you to come as well, you know, after our prayer and during our closing hymn. So let us bow our heads and go to the Lord for this prayer. Father God, the one that is master of all and you orchestrate all things, 
Lord, you knew who would be here in the service today. You know who's watching. You know who's listening. And you know right where they are because you are there as well. So I ask you, great Heavenly Father, as you provide, as you give, and as you have blessed us on this day, Lord, I pray for each one here, each one that is here today, that they will evaluate where they are today in their faith. Or may they realize that they're in a state of lack of faith. That they would begin by stepping out in a new way of faith. And in this new way, in stepping out on a limb, by surrendering their lives, surrendering to the selfishness, surrendering to the gossip, and surrendering to all things that are sinful, Lord Jesus, help them, embrace them, care for them, empower them. For, Lord, we can look back over our lives and we look at back over the ministry of this church. Lord, you've been there. You have helped this church countless times. This church, they have overcome many obstacles, but yet there is still unrest. There is still a lack of unity. There is distrust, distrust between them, Father God. Lord, I seek your leading for them. I lift them up to you and I ask for your Holy Spirit to revive and to renew their faith into a faith that is hungry for the truth of thy word, hungry for thy teaching, hungry for thy direction. Oh, Lord, I thank you again, and I praise you for any and all blessings that will come from this renewed faith in you, Father God. All glory and honor, I will forever turn back to you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.